You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. I'll stop and start again. No, I would have left dropped some bad words. And that, folks, is how we're going to start uh, uh, Geeky Show ever this week, our special WWDC episode. So we're recording um, like on a Monday uh, afternoon evening for some of us. Uh, we're totally out of our element. Yeah, and uh, after about eight hours of work while trying to listen to, uh, to the WWDC while I was cleaning a classroom. Uh, so I... I'm a little, and I was just kind of dozing a little bit when the call started, and then they jolted me awake. So hopefully that adrenaline rush will keep us going through uh, our podcast here. But uh, so we all had uh, some chance or another. I think you guys were able to sit down and listen to it. And like I said, I was listening to most of it, and I wasn't being interrupted by people who wanted to talk to me. Um, I think Elisa and I, we both watched it, and I think oh, we yes. were pretty much in sync for the most part, and you were listening to it. Yeah, and because we were having, uh, I was putting my uh, Apple Watch to work here because I would dictate uh, messages in as I was seeing cer- certain uh, a certain amount of snarky uh, content uh, or uh, comments about some of the stuff that was that we saw today. So um, I suppose we might as well just get into it and start talking about. I've got a uh, article from the uh, Wired here, which kind of lists stuff. I don't know. If, I don't think it was quite in the order that they had presented it today, but uh, it's good enough here, I think. So they started out. Uh, here's a shocker. They're going to introduce uh, iOS 12. Um, and basically, the takeaway that I got from it, the short version, was they're not making, they're not adding anything to it because you can still use it on the same stuff that you used on, used it on iOS 11. Uh, they're adding a few features, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything too much. And hopefully, they're kind of tweaking it a little bit. The one thing that uh, in the AR section that they were talking about that kind of got my attention a little bit. Um, it got me just slightly excited. Was the measure, the, uh, yeah, the measure app. The measure, I like that too. Yeah, well, given you know, like I say the line of work that I'm in, you know, a custodian where I have to, you know, we do projects. I'll, I'm, I'm, you know, I have to see how it works. But to be able to take a picture of something, or to be able to, you know, hold your phone up and take measurements and have it figure stuff, that would be nice. Rather than you know having to measure, and you know, we're getting to the point where what we actually have to do math. Um, you know, add up stuff, multiply, <laughs> and whatever. But uh, that could be, you know, that could be interesting uh, for that. Uh, that did catch my attention. And the interactive uh, AR thing with the Lego uh, stuff, that looked... It looks like fun. It is. Have you guys ever seen a TV show? It's like Shark Tank for kids, and it's called The Toy Box. Uh-uh. No, never heard of it. It's It's cute. Uh, the kids that are on it are kind of precocious, as you would expect, and I, there's usually like four kid judges, and they're little, you know, they're usually around ten and under, and they're they're pretty uh, they're they're pretty hard to impress. <laughs> so basically, like I said, it's like Shark Tank. Inventors come on and they invent toys and they invent these things for the kids to test out and play with, and then the kids all weigh in on it and decide whether or not they should move on to the next level, you know, then it levels up. And then, you know, I guess they win. I think they win. I think it's Mattel, I want to say. And then they win a prize, which is like this, you know, money package to get this toy mass produced by Mattel. Like it becomes an actual Mattel toy. 
And so the kids play with the, the prototypes and these the inventors pitch their, their toy to the kids. And the kids are just brutal. And some of the stuff's really cute. And some of the stuff's like, really? Come on. You just kind of smack around a little bit. <laughs> but I said to the kids, I said, because we've watched it a couple times with them. And when we were watching the Lego segment, I said, now, now guys, I said, if you were on the toy box and you were the judges, would you play with this toy? Would you move this toy on to the next level? And they said, yes. So that was our our measurement of of that, and it did. It looked it looked pretty cute. I think there's going to be a lot of pushback, and people are going to be complaining about, oh, it's not physical space, and you know, it's going to be one of those things where I imagine you're going to buy a Lego set, a physical oh. Lego set, and then you're going to sync it with your device or something. So, I mean, it looks it looked cool in theory. I mean, it looked pretty cute, but I don't know. I don't know how long it would keep a kid's attention. It's just like Hot Wheels. My boys get so excited over Hot Wheels. And we've never actually ended up buying any of the actual kits because I've seen them play with them at friends' houses and grandparents and other places where they are, and they just lose interest in them really quickly. And it just seems like it would be an, a never-ending money pit. But oh, yeah. Lego is very popular, and kids do make lots of Lego sets, and there's Lego robotics. So this is probably another step up from that. I mean, if you can program Legos to do stuff, and then you add this to it. I mean, it, you know, it could it could help out little kids become engineers and architects. I could see a big boon for architects and interior designers and 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 things like that. So, it's all good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's it's terrible. I just I don't know. I think some kids will probably lose interest in it, while other kids will probably get so absorbed in it that they'll maybe spend all day in it. I can see adults playing with it, too, though. Well, yeah, and as a dad that's had a few Legos embedded in his feet, virtual <laughs> right? Legos is a thing. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure, yeah. you no, know, I, as I was watching it, too, I kind of got the feeling that, yeah, they're going to be, you know, trying. Legos, you know, they sell stuff. That's how they, uh, that's their business yeah. model, duh. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm sure they're going to sell kits and everything, and I did get that feeling watching it that they're going to, you know, try to sell these kits. But I still thought, you know, it was kind of interesting. Um, that, um, you know, the, the whole AR thing where you could have a mix of reality and, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the virtual world there and play it. I did find it kind of fascinating. I think it was just a different version of Capture the Flag, but that game they were playing where you had these, you had a blank, ta- you, in rea- real life you had a blank table, but you look through the, uh, the iPad and you had that, uh, um, well, they were shooting the blocks and yeah. stuff falling down. Yeah, the blocks yeah. and that stuff. And I thought, you know, that looked kind of cool. Uh, uh, you know, well, yeah, it's like game. Angry Birds with AR. Can you yeah. imagine? If, now, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Angry Birds with AR. Could you imagine? Because my kids have already sort of simulated that where that's why we could never actually, not that I wanted to, but I discovered very quickly that those little baby blocks that they played with since they were babies, you know, the little colored, just simple blocks. We couldn't get rid of that toy because they still use it to this day. They're 8 and 10, and they still use it because they still love knocking stuff over. (laughs) And when they were really, really big into Angry Birds, like first it was Angry Birds and then it it was Plants vs. Zombies. I'm thinking Lego wants to get into that space there. But they would set up, they would get the little plushies and they would collect them. They would get them for gifts and stuff. And then they would take the blocks and they would set up the plushies and they would simulate what they played in the game. So I always thought that was fun. So I, I could see them really having a good time with, with air and stuff. But back to that measurement tool, I just did that the other day because I, I needed to get some replacement bathroom rugs. And I literally took a picture and I, I used an app called um, – um, why do I always draw a blank when it comes to this stuff? It is called 
uh, Doodle, UDoodle Pro. I, I really love that app. It can do a lot of things. And one of the things that you can do is basically snap a picture and then you can draw right over top of it. And I always love doing that. I'm constantly doing that where I'll actually get out the physical tape measure. I'll take a picture. I'll go and I'll measure it. And then I draw right there on the picture. Okay, here's the width of it and here's the length of it. And then I use that picture to go shopping online for new bathroom rugs. So that's totally like I was thinking about. I was like, I just did that the other day. That would have come in handy. But I mean, I can imagine for moving furniture and placing pictures on your wall. And yeah, I can. And I have an app like that, Melissa, but it's called Measures. Oh, yeah. And it's a third party app. I bought it years ago. And I remember using it when my kids moved into an apartment, taking the picture of the, you know, taking pictures and measuring so we knew where to put the bed, where to put the dresser. Very where, cool. Where everything would fit. It was like two ninety nine or something like that. I bought it. I can't even tell you how long ago. I'm looking so, to see if it's available. Is it still available? I, I don't know. There's photo measures. There's measures. It's called unit conversion. That's not a drawing. App. Oh, yeah. There's one called measures. Uh-huh. Yep. It looks like a pencil it's pointing a, up and down and then a ruler and then an arrow. Oh, no. This one is actually it looks like a device. There's my measures. Measure, measures, air photo measure, my measures pro. There's a lot of measures apps. Who makes it? Who's the developer? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Oh, here. Oh, now it's called photo measures. Oh, they changed the name. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the first measures. one that shows up. It's $6.99 in the app store. Let's it see. What did they last develop? updated eight months ago. Okay, so that's but it's not got a four point five rating. I mean, I don't use it a whole lot, but mm-hmm. what I use it for works well. Yeah, the pictures, yeah, look exactly like what I would do. But it's basically doing the same thing. You're taking a picture and then you're able to draw on it. It looks like yeah. But yeah. you do? Are you doing it live as you take the picture? No, you take the picture, and then you'd have like different tools within the app, so you can do like arrow to arrow. And then oh. put, say, two feet. So you know that from this point to this point, it's two feet. Yeah, like, see, it's I, good, just, it's good for I curtains. do it lazy. I just do it down and dirty and I just draw with a pencil tool. I just it's good for things like curtains or blinds yeah. where oh, yeah. if you want the blinds to go inside the window frame, but you want mm-hmm. the curtains to go outside the window frame. Oh, yeah. You know, Definitely. so you can say, well, from outside to outside is 36 inches, but from inside to inside is 30 inches. Yeah, I totally did that for my kitchen when I made my own. Lines are a royal pain to buy. And if you buy the wrong size, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. I gave up on blinds. I just do curtains now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that app's going to have a lot of use, I can tell. Yeah. I mean, right. I wonder how accurate it is, though. I mean, it just mm. almost seems too good to be true that you yeah, can we'll just find out. map it. Yeah. Well, I'll like put the, it to the test. Yeah. I like these Siri shortcuts because now we know what they did with Workflow. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, so Workflow was third party, and then Apple bought it. I don't remember who developed it before. Then Apple bought it, and I never got around to using it, but I have it installed. I have all the good intentions. So we were talking about this in chat. Is it cannibalized now? Is it what? What are you going to do with Workflows now? Well, I think they built it into Siri. I mean, that's what it looked like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you you can make your own shortcut. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the feeling I got because, like, say I. Wasn't when they got to that, I kind of looked over at the screen, and it did look like workflow because I have created a few shortcuts in there. So hopefully, it'll just be it'll just transition over, and you don't have to do anything too special if you already have workflows set up. And I forgot about that while we were uh, while they were 
doing the presentation because I had said something about another app getting Sherlocked, but I had forgotten that uh, uh, Workflows was bought by Apple. Is that what you were thinking when you said yeah. Sherlock? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to dictate into my phone, and it doesn't always understand what I'm saying sometimes. So. It's okay. I speak Siri. I know what you meant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, and they said improvements on uh, some improvements to Siri, but I okay. I like my Apple hardware, but Siri still drives me up a freaking wall. <laughs> well, uh, that's what's going to be interesting is how well is Siri going to work with Siri shortcuts? Right. Is it yeah. going to be as simple as, you know, hey, lady, mm-hmm. I'm going to work today. And that me and, and maybe you have it set up so that I'm going to work today means bring up the map, you know, lock the door, order my coffee. <laughs> you know, maybe that's what that particular flow means. Is it going mm-hmm. to understand or is it something a little bit different than you just saying, hey, lady, what's the temperature today? Right. And like yeah. I said, and my problem it's like is like a set of actions. Yeah, right. and my problem is is uh, still trying to. Even though I, I thought I was speaking reasonably clearly into my phone, even it still has, and it was relatively quiet in the room there. Um, it was still not understanding because one of the texts I sent you guys was, uh, it came out razor us to talk to Siri, and it should have been razor <laughs> wrist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I find myself really having to enunciate when I talk to that stupid. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it drives hey, me. Hey, have a you crazy. tried the trick? I read about this a while ago. Um, I mine's relatively good. I I can get it to do what I would need it to do without getting too terribly frustrated. But there are times when I do swear at it, so I, I can understand people's frustration. But I read a, about a tip that what you for people who struggle with Siri, who they always feel like it doesn't understand them, that you reconfigure it. Like you you go through this, I guess you would turn it off and turn it back on again. And you know how she brings up that prompt in the beginning where Siri walks you through setting up and, and you say it and then you say, how's the weather? It's me. You know, all those, those phrases to try to learn your voice. Because I don't think, I mean, because my, my kids can still trigger my Siri with their voice. So I don't think we've got... We're not there with voice imprinting just yet. I don't think it's actually learned your right. voice, your I guess your tone and things like that. I think it just learns the I, way that you talk. In other words, like we don't have an Australian accent. Like I think it, it understands that much. But if you reconfigure it and this time instead of holding the phone up to you, if you set it down on a table and you have some distance between yourself, that supposedly that's supposed to make it understand you better when you do have it close because it's kind of i guess it's straining somehow to try to hear your voice from farther away but i'd be interested if that if that trick helps you at all in any way shape or form well i kind of wish siri had the um uh, ability like the echo does uh you can go into the uh the uh alexa app skills and i set it off yeah skills (laughs) and you can do voice training with it uh-huh. uh, and you can do it multiple times so and be and okay and i do you know take a crap on siri from time to time but even the echo has problems because i'll i've got um i think i talked i know i talked about it a few weeks uh episodes ago that rove uh aviva uh, uh echo thing in my car and i get in there and tell it to say uh, i tell it to play thumbprint radio on pandora and it says i can't find a station called prince on pandora do you right. want me to create? so you know they all have issues, but I it depends had, on the microphone too, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, and the distance and noise, and, and I get that. But I've had less problems, 
you know, because Google has the, the uh, it can do a, you know, a search while you're talking, and oh, we think you're trying to say this, so they do some predictive stuff, and it, I find that it's more right. accurate. And they did say something about Siri, um, not you know, in the dictation part, but talking about it being uh, having. Uh, they're going to try and predict things. Uh, based on your usage and how you do things, or like if it's somebody's uh, birthday, do you want to send a birthday text message or something? Trying to anticipate um, what you I was want wondering to do. about that as they were talking about that. I was I was thinking about all the people that have been complaining about their usage on Facebook. You know, like I, I have mixed feelings about that. On one hand, yes, the Cambridge Analytica thing that was that was a no no. That was really really bad. And yeah, people's data got used for fake news and for twisting the truth around that sort of thing. But then there's like the group of people that complain about what Facebook has has stored on them as if they didn't know. You know, like I, I just think some people are naive in that, yes, if you give it permission to upload your contacts, don't act surprised when you find out magically, surprisingly, that Facebook had access to your contacts. You told it to. You gave it permission. You know, I just right. think a lot of people don't pay attention to all the things that they're clicking and they're not reading it, or they get they get really incensed, like, oh my god, it wants it wants access to my microphone, and it's like a voice memo app. Like, yeah, it uh, kind of needs to have access to your microphone. It's not trying to spy on you. It wants access to your microphone to make the damn thing work. I just think people are just really confused in places where they shouldn't be and not confused enough in places where they should be. Like the focus is in the wrong area. The the emphasis is on the wrong syllable or something. And so I was thinking about as he was talking about that, and I'm like, I'm hearing all the eye rolling going on from all the people going, oh, now they're going to have our data and they're going to use it to spy on us. And oh, how did they know? You know, he just. Didn't he later on then demonstrate how cookies follow you around on the web and how when you're surfing on a website, you know, mm -hmm. say you, you looked at a, a coffee mug, right? And then you go on another site and it shows you the same coffee mug because, yeah, of course, because there's cookies. They need to be stored. I mean, there's a reason for that. And everybody thinks that that's so creeptastic. And in some ways it is. In some ways, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that because now, I, you know, when I do want to come back to that, yeah, what, oh, I was surfing the web and I saw this, this pair, you know, this, this Apple watch band that I really liked. Oh, you know, what, what was it? Was it this one? Was it that? Oh, yeah, that's the one it was. Yeah, I kind of like that convenience. I don't think that that's creepy, personally, because I expected that to happen. I, I know what's working behind there. And so they, they, you know, made it seem like that was so evil and, you know, we're going to, we're going to shut this down. But then they go and talk about how, you know, your phone's going to be able to suggest, based on your contacts, it's going to know that it's, you know, your grandma's birthday. Oh, you should send her a card. Or, you know, do you want to call your, your grandma today? It's it's her birthday. People are going to be like, how did it know? Like, uh, you put her birthday in the contacts app? That's how it knows. <laughs> well, but there's, you, you see what I'm saying? There's people that get so creeped out by this stuff. And they're going to, I could just hear the eye rolling now and I could just hear the size. I can just hear the, Oh, Apple's just like Facebook now. And it has all of our data. Like, yeah, you, you, well, it's a phone. You put it in there, but see, they said it really fast. It's all machine learning. It's right. all done on the hard drive. It's not done in the cloud. Exactly. I think they should emphasize that a little yeah, bit more. Apple doesn't have that information. It's your phone that has that information. Right. We know this, but People who get all incensed about this stuff don't, and they're just gonna wildly assume that, oh, it's in the cloud, it's all in iCloud, and they're gonna they're gonna be all 
you know, up in arms about it. I'm, I'm just projecting. I just, I, I've heard it so many times, you know, in, in places where, like, you should be more concerned about, you know, X, Y, Z, but yet you're, you're fessing up over all this other stuff that is not that big of a deal. And there may be a way of turning it off. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, right. once we look at it, there might be a way of saying, no, I don't want those um, uh, well, notifications as my grandma. Yes, I will age. manually enter yeah. all of the phone numbers into my phone. I do not want to use an no, no. address book. No, I'm just no, no, no. I mean, I know. <laughs> don't tell me it's my grandmother's birthday or don't tell yeah. me that, uh, you know, something's going on. I'll, I'll figure it out for myself. Yeah, because well, I, I have to say I did turn that off in Facebook. I didn't like uh, the whole birthday thing. For me personally, like there was a time like I'm over it now, but there was a time when I turned a certain age that I was really depressed and I purposely like turned off my birthday and I and I closed down my wall and people were like, you know, instant messaging me or texting me like, I tried to wish you a happy birthday on your wall and it wouldn't let me. Facebook's being really dumb. And it's like, no, it's not. I turned it off. But see, now you know my secret. Well, and, <laughs> but you, and what I'm saying is we have control over that kind of stuff. Yes, I right. hope that there's that granularity granularity that we can turn some of that stuff off because there's going to be reasons for whatever everybody has their reasons for why they don't want to be pestered about that kind of stuff well yeah or you know the first the first time that it's insensitive and like someone has passed away and it reminds you that it's their birthday or you know anniversary or something and gee thanks iphone and and so you know the thing i had with that was it's not the, the privacy issue so much i have this kind of I'm not an Apple fanboy. I kind of have this love-hate relationship with Apple. I, uh, you know, they have You're very their, tech agnostic. We know that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, part of the thing is though too that I mean, I love their hardware, but even the Apple culture kind of bugs me a little bit because they kind of have this arrogance that we know what's best for you, sort of thing, and just them making suggestions. Even though they may be helpful, you know, it, it did just kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit. And if we can switch it off, that's fine. Uh, but it's just that kind of, uh, you know, Apple, um, like I said, they've always had this kind of arrogance to them that, uh, well, you know, look at the, uh, when you buy an iPhone, this is what you get. Whereas, like, with Android, if you want to change it, you can. And so it's just that kind of culture around Apple that just, you know, rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Uh, but like I say, I'll probably use it and go, yeah, that's fine. I actually like it. But, you know, it's just when they were making that uh, their presentation, like I say, that was the first thing that kind of popped in my head was that, you know, the, uh, they're going to make suggestions for us because, you know, um, in my mind, they know what's best for us. But like I say, that's just me and my relationship with that I have with Apple. But, um and then You're the just oppositional defiant when it comes to Apple. Damn right. <laughs> and then the other thing that I was kind of rolling my eyes about, and obviously they weren't doing this for me, was the me ojis. Is uh, <laughs> and I think yeah, I thought that I, was kind of cool, but it, I, it is I, only for I, iPhone I, ten. It's only for iPhone ten. Yeah, so yeah. I can't use it. Yeah, neither can I. And I'd like to say, I, I'm not that person. Although, you know, I am the person that when we have our little, we have a, a, a messaging group on iMessage for us, to, the, the podcasters here, uh, us and then Kevin too. And so we'll trade remarks back and forth. So I am the guy that will send gifts because sometimes that's easier to. Uh, you know, I love my peel and sticker stickers. <laughs> yeah, that too. And so sometimes it's just easier for me to express myself with a gift than to actually try and use words. But I don't know. There's just something about this Mioji thing that just 
I don't know. Uh, I guess it's it's, it's not, very gimmicky. It you know, is. it's it's supposed to compete with things like the stuff that you do in FaceTime, for example. So FaceTime yeah. video calling, you know, my sister and my mom uses it. And yeah, it's gimmicky, but will I answer the phone in a in a plain face? Oh hell no, not when I could be a fox or a cat <laughs> and you know what I mean? Well, like I just called my sister for her birthday and of course she loved cats. So of course I had to put on the cat headdress, you know, and it's just fun. It just you can't you cannot be grumpy when someone's talking to you and they have bunny ears and a bunny nose on their face. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to try to stop them. them it's kind of like, to me, it's like Snapchat. I can't yeah. stand Snapchat filters. Yeah. They just, think, to me, they just look stupid. I don't, so that's why I don't yeah. like a lot of the an, the way that the Android camera apps a lot of times work. Like they smooth out all your wrinkles and all your imperfections and everything. And I guess people like that. But to me, it just kind of looks fake. It's like I would rather see I would rather see people without all the filters. But once in a while, it's cute, you know, and it, for people who don't use it all the time, it is a novelty. It wears off very fast. It's a very, yeah. very much a novelty. It's very much it's very much gimmicky. It's very much designed to compete with other with other devices and other platforms that offer the same kinds of things and Apple's done it in their way. And I think they kind of have to address that because you've got this whole, this whole market, this whole demographic of teenage kids that love this stuff. And I've seen old people that love it too. I mean, they will just spend hours dressing up their little emoji, like in Bitmoji and stuff like that. Like, I don't use it, but I have plenty of friends who do, and I think it's fun. Like I laugh at, I laugh at them, I laugh with them. I think it's cute. It's not something that I will do, but like for example, you know, you guys are, Mike, you play, you play Nintendo. You know that yep. you have to set up like a me and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I have had fun with that. It's just really fun to go through the the interface and see hmm, what do my eyebrows look like? Oh, they should be a little bit lower. They should be a little bit higher. And it's just interesting playing around with it. And I know my kids, for example, and I've, I've done it with them on our, Wii, we've, we've spent countless hours just setting up me's for, and then we'll add one for the dog. And we've had one for family members just because we like to see them run around and do funny things. And we like to make them jump and stuff. And I just think it's, it's just cute. It's just fun to do. And, you know, so what? Let let them have their cake, you know. Let right. them have their fun with it. We don't right. have to use it. No, and like I'm the guy that plays Borderlands, and so they have all sorts of skins <laughs> you can put on your characters, and yeah. and so you pick up these skin packs. I'm going, yeah, great, whatever. I'll either sell it, maybe I'll sell, but I'm not the guy that gets excited by that. So obviously that's not for me. But kind of trading or going on this theme, though, if you spend too much time on your phone, they have mm -hmm. their uh, addiction yes. busting <laughs> stuff, or right. I think I tweeted or. Message uh, Melissa something about uh, you know the Mac mommy's gonna you know bring, uh -huh. bring the uh, the force home to the kids or something like that. I don't remember no, what I said. Drop the hammer. This, yeah, <laughs> this was this is what I was just about to bring up. Screen time that looks yeah. like something really useful. Yeah, I told you my my son was like no. <laughs> I mean, I think it's good for us because we might say. If, if someone said to you, how much time do you think you spend on your phone? You go, I ah, will probably spend maybe two hours a day. It would be way more. And then you find out like, oh, my God, I spend two hours just on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include my email or my Twitter or photos or listening to music. Like, holy cow. So I like that they have it broken up into entertainment or social networking or productivity, how much time you're using it, and that you can do a do not disturb so that when you get to a certain time, pretty much says nope can't do it it's like a behavior modification thing that's it's built-in behavior modification and i'm all for it i think it's great i think that this i'm hoping that this will address 
you know, when they had that big app, uh, I did an episode on In Touch with iOS about it, about whether or not we think Apple should be our nanny. Um, I don't necessarily believe, I think we should all control ourselves, but if they're going to give us these tools to help us do that, you know, there's there's something to be said for, you know, kids and adults who lack self-regulation. That's that's kind of the big issue, right? If you If you have the machine do it all the time, you won't learn how to self-regulate yourself, you know, and be able to do it naturally. And you'll just kind of rely on everything else to do it for you. So there's going to be that kind of balance of, eh, should you rely on a lot? You know, hey, every everything is helpful. I mean, there, we have these tools for a reason. It's a, I look at it as a way of compensating. You know, maybe there's a deficit in that area. Or like, for example, I get excited because, you know, I've got an ADHD kiddo who does have issues with self-regulation and executive functioning and stuff. And I'm excited for a tool like this because I know, for example, you know, I can mentor and I can set limits, but there's times when that's just not enough. You know, you need a little bit of extra help. So that's why he was groaning about it because he knows that I'm really on him about YouTube. You know, they love to watch these YouTube videos of, of game walkthroughs. They're just like practically addicted to it and it drives me nuts. So that will be one place where I'm going to be cranking the sliders like, yep, that's that's something I'm going to be looking into. So I'm just nervous about it only because it's it's new. And I know that, for example, on the Mac platform, I have always struggled with parental controls. I like being able to set time limits. That's that's fine. Uh, but the oh my god trying to restrict websites and there's just so many times where it just ends up completely crippling it ends up completely just making the user experience so terrible that i end up just taking it off again because i constantly get this mommy mommy i need the admin mommy mommy you know or or pestering my dad or my my husband the kid's dad you know trying to enter the admin stuff we're constantly having to either remote in or go over there and so finally i just said to hell with it and i just i turned off that section i was trying to regulate the type of websites that they were going to and it's just relentless i mean you want them to be able to access their dropbox for example but do you have any idea or google any kind of google products do you have any idea how many other websites that Dropbox needs to access on the back end. Like you get these all these different URLs for stuff. You're like, what the hell is that? Well it's got Dropbox and it has to be something to do with Dropbox. Okay, I'll allow it. You know, and then you but you're constantly it's like playing whack-a-mole. So I am a little bit on the fence about it. I'm a little bit just concerned. I hope that it's gonna go off with a hitch. Without a hitch, I hope that it's not gonna be like that. I hope it's not going to be like it has been on the Mac because it's been a terrible user experience and I don't think they've ever I mean, they just haven't made very many improvements to it. It's the same kind of problems across update after update after update. I just don't think it's gotten a lot of love. And so I'm hoping that they really have put a lot of effort into this and that they've really tested it with a lot of families. Like, hey, Apple, why haven't you called me? I mean, <laughs> I would be the perfect one to test this. I would really put it through its paces and really, really nitpick at it. So we'll see. You'll, yeah. you'll hear me bitching about it, I'm sure. Yeah, and another uh, uh, feature that not for me because I live on the phone because that's where my life is at because real life is, I don't know, kind of boring and sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to limit my screen time. So, uh, yeah, not for me. But, you know, like I say, as long as you can pick and choose, that's fine. Uh, I think uh, kind of going over my list here, uh, the only other thing uh, that they mentioned here is they did some work in photos. And I was a little... I don't know if I want to say weirded out. I didn't know what to think of it. Again, it was one of those things. If I remember the presentation right, you could send a photo to somebody, and if they had a similar photo in their 
on their phone, mm-hmm. yep. it, it would find them and group them together. I suppose that could be handy, but again, it to me, it uh, it's starting the the creepy meter starting to kind of go it, yeah, that that's direction. Another well, thing, another area I where I, I didn't think if it was out. creepy. I thought, like, say for example, the three of us were at a party, mm-hmm. and I sent we all three of us took pictures, and I sent the two of you pictures. As soon as you got them, your phone would gather up your pictures from the party. Yeah, like I was say, picturing you Lisa goes these? to a concert. But, like, say we went to a concert together. Yeah, you know? same, yeah. That would be but really handy. Is, I would think, though, that we would have said beforehand, hey, email me your pictures or text me your pictures so that we all have the same thing. Yeah. Or we would do a shared photo or something like that. It just seems weird to me to send you a picture and then have your photos go, hey, you want to send these to her back? I, I agree with you, Mike. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. uh, I think it could be handy if applied in the right c- sure. circumstances. However, I think that people are going to trip up on it when it comes to things that I've experienced. Again, you know, this is from the mom standpoint, uh, going on field trips or doing things at a school where there's kids that don't have a consent form on file or, or they have a non-consent on file and you're taking pictures and like people are sharing them across social media where they shouldn't be. And I think that's just going to create kind of a mess. Well, and I don't know. And it uh, depends on how it's implemented too. Cause if you just hit the button and let's say, for example, you're there and you see somebody's spouse smooching somebody and you, well, you didn't want to send that picture, but you accidentally uh-huh. it's included because you were all there, <laughs> you know, and, and that's an extreme and hopefully a rare example, but sharing still, is caring. <laughs> Sharing is divorce, but anyway, um, you know, it's that kind of stuff that, or you just didn't want somebody to see a particular picture or something. So if, oh, yeah. And again, that's, uh, that's already happened on Facebook. I've been oh, yeah. tagged in photos. I'm like, oh my God, I look terrible. Why did you tag me? Like, some people just, oh, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't care. You know, they yeah. just, oh yeah, it's a picture of you. So what? I'm like, but. But my hair is all wrapped up, and I, I had a big zit on my face. I was like, no, I don't want to be tagged in that. Untag me, please. Thank you. Yeah, now, if the Apple wanted to do something, and maybe they didn't mention it, mention it, but maybe they'll give you the option of being able to click something that says, you know, do, uh, I can send this photo to somebody, but it won't be shared, or, you know, some way that a uh, little granularity on, on privacy. And that, yeah. and that was the other thing I think they talked about. Too. And I think that was probably over all the OSs was their their privacy. And I think they I, – I didn't see it. And from what I kind of read, they kind of gave the middle finger to Facebook uh, about uh, of, yeah. pri- <laughs> privacy and everything. How they're not going to – what they say? They're not going to track you. They're not going to use your information. What, what exactly – I mean, you guys were listening a little closer than I was. Uh, what did see. It was about the cookies. It was about the cookies. Like say when you go to it – was, it was basically social media sharing and I and again I look at that and I think yay that's great that's awesome but then I can I can just imagine that there are people that work in marketing or you know like I have a blog you know I've often thought about or, or like you know a podcast you're trying to cross promote you're trying to promote period you're trying to promote something that you have a passion behind and you want to share it so you use social networking to, to market it and they give you like a little strip like these these plugins that you can put you know install on WordPress or you know your blog whatever platform you're using and what it does is it puts a little strip that has um, you know like do you want to give us a thumbs up for you know liking on Facebook do you want to send it to Pinterest do you want to tweet it you know all these little social media buttons that that follow across there might be Tumblr um, you know I don't know uh, what would be another one sharing it like uh, through YouTube Instagram. You know? Instagram. Yeah, exactly. All the different social media things that Facebook is like kind of owning that space. Anyway, if it's not Facebook, it's Twitter. 
Um, but all these different social media icons that go across the bottom of, say, a page or a picture or something, well, he said the way they explain it to you, he says it turns out that those things track you whether you click them or not. And I know, like, people use, they'll use uh, Firefox or they'll use Chrome and they have plugins that specifically block those kinds of things. Because, to be honest, I mean, they slow down your page load. Um, for a while, you know, I would learn that in web development. There are times when I would develop a website and for myself or somebody else and I'd install these plugins and you go to test it to see how, you know, do page load uh, benchmarking and stuff like that to see how fast it loads. And I was like, holy crap, these things slow down your page because it's got to load the scripting in the background and forget it if you have a slower machine, you know, and it's just a terrible user experience. Or if you've ever seen the kind where as you scroll down the page, it follows you as you go because it's like, click me, click me, click me, please click me. Yep. And it's like, oh, yep, get out of my way. Well, that's what they're talking about. And I, and I agree, like, you know, they were kind of giving the middle finger to that. And like, yes, I, I salute you with the, with the middle finger too, you know, because that <laughs> stuff is really annoying. Um, again, I, I can see two sides of the coin. I can see how it's, how marketers really want to use that. And they're trying to use that to promote themselves and, and their brand or whoever they work for. But on the other hand, yeah, I can't stand that stuff. It's just really invasive. It's just invasive in the user experience. And like like Federighi explained, it tracks you whether you click on it or not. So that's kind of a pain too. So, you know, just because you went to a website and, you know, like say, I mean, I don't want to name any names. I know you guys wouldn't mind if I did, but there are certain websites that talk about Apple stuff that are just, oh my God, the old, I get it. You have to advertise. I get it. You have to pay your bills, but holy crap, even white spaces that you click by accident are freaking ads. It just drives me up the wall and it just, it slows down the pages or it, it wants, you know, not so much anymore, but they used to want to use flash. That was like the first thing that they did. Remember they took out flash from Safari, or you had to like enable it on a case-by-case basis. That was kind of their first attack on all this kind of stuff. And then, of course, you know, it made HTML5 more predominant. So now all of this stuff is HTML5 to get around the whole Flash thing. Well, so now they're, you know, it's like playing whack-a-mole. They're constantly adding things that you can turn on or turn off, and, you know, people are going to like that sort of thing. Well, according to the Apple website. from that stuff, too. According to the Apple website about the privacy, it says Safari now prevents share buttons and comment widgets on web pages from tracking you without your permission. Safari also prevents advertisers from collecting your device's unique characteristics so they can't identify your device or retarget ads to you across the web. Yes, so that's another one. It was um, tar- was basically getting a... They- they use these really beautiful graphics about fingerprinting. That's what, what the technology is called. It fingerprints your device, meaning that it says, okay, you know, this person visited our page. And I've seen this on the other end because as a web developer, I've, I've done this stuff. I was interested in knowing, you know, what what types of computers, like who was, of course, I expected it because I talk about Apple stuff. I expect it to be predominantly Mac. And so it would be interesting, you know, as a podcaster, you know, you're looking at those analytics, you want to see those, that data, you want to see that kind of stuff. Um, And so this is kind of stripping out some of that stuff. But then when you really think about it, does it really matter? I mean, it's the, it's not personally identifying you, but it's like personally identifying your computer, it's going to make it harder for people to do benchmark testing, where they're looking at, okay, so these types of MacBook Pros visited this, you know, or, you know, this percentage of types of computers visited our website. It was like 33% iMacs and, you know, 25% 
MacBook Pros, and then you know, then it would give you uh, information about what operating system they're running, and then it would give you information about what type of browser. Like this percentage of people use Safari, this percentage of people use Firefox, this percentage of people use Chrome. All these different kinds of things that form that form basically a fingerprint or a picture of the type of users, the type of computer users that are visiting your website. And the, the purpose is supposed to be so that you can market to them. So you can say, okay, well, more people visit our website use Macs than use Windows. So we're going to sell more Mac stuff or the opposite. You know, okay, so we get a lot of enterprise people using Windows. Oh, holy shit, there's a lot of people using Windows XP out there. Maybe we better not retire this version of our software. Maybe we better keep it around. You know, there's good reasons for wanting to look at that kind of stuff. But overall, it's really, it's all for advertising. It's all trying to track you everywhere we go. It's a surveillance state, basically. And that's what Apple's aiming to try to, you know, put the hammer down a little bit on so much being in a, in a surveillance state. Not right. so much Big Brother. They right. can see that you're on a computer versus an iOS device or any kind of tablet or mobile device. They can see that you're using a Mac, but no longer supposedly that will they be able to tell all the other intricacies of your operating system. Now, again, hopefully that'll be a switch that you can turn on or off. That's like, you know, when you do an install and you get to that question, do you want to share these analytics with Apple? And I always, I always tell my clients when we get to that, you know, that's only, that's only something that you can decide. I can't decide that for you. I can give you advice on, you know, what's the best way to set this up for your, you know, based on your needs that you just told me, or here's two different ways to do it. Pick which one you like. But that's one of those things where, mm, you know, on an older machine, I recommend turning it off because I just, and I don't know if there's any truth to this, I don't have any evidence for this, but it just kind of makes logical sense to me that it's just requiring a little bit more processing power to be able to parse that data. And so on an mm -hmm. older device, if I'm setting something up, I always turn it off because I, I just don't want anything else taking away from the power of an older device. But on a newer device, I'm like, yeah, I'll help out. Especially, for example, like crash things. Like I beta test software and when I'm asked that question about whether or not I want to send crash reports to developers, I always do because I feel like that's helping out. I feel like that is something I do. Yes, here's the type of computer that I'm using. Here's the version of the operating system that I'm using. Here's all the information that you need to make your product better for me and for everybody else. I just feel like it's it's the right thing to do when it comes to that. So that kind of stuff personally doesn't creep me out. But I can see why it would creep other people out because they just don't understand what's actually being shared. And it's not like Apple doesn't give you a whole dissertation on what exactly they collect. People are either A, they're not going to read it, they're not going to take the time to digest it all, or B, they're going to read it and they're still not going to trust it. So it's just, it's, it's a very personal decision and only only you can make that decision. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I wanted to get a uh, – I came across this article on The Verge, things that wasn't announced at the uh, keynote. Um, and there's a few things in here that I actually found a little bit more interesting than what they talked about on stage. I'll just kind of read a few of them off here. One is smoother animations. Yeah, that's fine. Make it look good. This one I found a little bit more interesting. iPhone X-like gestures on the iPad. So the uh, – uh, and I have to remember what uh, swiping down from the top right corner will bring up control center and swiping from anywhere on the dock will bring you home. Uh, so they're replicating some of the uh, iPhone uh, 10 or iPhone X, whichever I forget. Anyway, uh, send me hateful emails if I get it wrong. But either way, the iPhone X stuff on the iPad. That was it's iPhone 10. Sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. Uh, and then this one here, SMS one-time passcode autofill. So if you have services that will um, send you a text of a code to put into uh, their app to, you know, uh, for security. Mm, verification for, codes? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It'll uh, autofill it. Um, and this one. Oh, I, that's cool. It is. Uh, you know, that's such a pain. And they do recommend that you use something like Google Authenticator or Authy, but if you or you know, One Password, you can do that in One Password. Okay. It's pretty slick. Well, yeah. And then it says fill in uh, passwords from third-party password managers, and I use LastPass, and uh, that's the one thing that I missed when I switched from Android back to iOS because in Android and all the different ones, either this one I had in my phone or my Android tablets over there, it'll uh, when you go to enter a password. Uh, the uh, LastPass helper would pop up and say, hey, do you want to enter this password for this site? And so they're going to do that in iOS. It'll pop up as a uh, quick type suggestion on the bottom. But mm-hmm. because I don't know I, if I like that or not. I just, I, I, I've talked about this in the past. I feel like that breeds complacency. People are just going to just, yeah, go ahead and save it for me. And then they're, they're going to forget like how to get at it. And it's not, it's not nearly as good of an interface and a user experience as using a dedicated password manager. No, this is this I is mean, no, no, no. This is this. You use a dedicated password manager. Oh, but it'll put it in your password manager of choice automatically. Yeah, it'll take it from your password manager and put it in. Uh, so okay. you, yeah. So no, that that's the part. Okay, that I, like, I was I, afraid you were gonna say it was no. gonna save it in Safari because oh god, I'm always turning that off because uh, people save the wrong passwords in Safari right. too, and then they go round and round circling the drain. No, no, you still uh, have to use your password manager, generate your own, okay. sec- and generate your own secure passwords. Uh, but I, yeah. Yeah, the the thing I always hated about iOS was doing the dance, especially like to get into my banking app. Okay, get in the last pass, copy the password, go open your banking app. Paste mm-hmm. in the password. It's just a few extra steps. It just drives me a little bit crazy. And so yeah, I call it the cha cha. You got to yeah. double click. Yep. Tap. Yep. Copy. Double click. Tap. Copy. <laughs> yeah. And so and like I say, when I was using Android, just to have it pop up and be there, that was nice. Um, and then and then there are things. Yeah, a little bit more along the line what you were saying about you know password sharing between your iOS and Mac. So I assume that would be through uh, Safari. I'm trying to read hmm. this here quick. Um, you know, that through could continuity. Be, yeah, through continuity. Yeah, so that might be okay. It depends how they do it. But then they do... The handoff? Uh, something like that. Um, it, it'll be through continuity. Um, so kind of like the time where when you connect to a Wi-Fi router and then a, another person pops up on their phone yeah. and says, would you like to share this password? Yeah, I can see how it's, that it's like the, It's like the copy and paste right now. If you copy something on your Mac, you can paste it on your iPhone. Okay. Like a shared clipboard. Okay. Yeah, like that's continuity, which works okay. for me. I know people have problems with it, but that's one feature for me that works flawlessly. And mm-hmm. I, it actually, uh, I came across it the other day because my son was here. I put a new router in, and a message popped up on his iPhone, and he said, uh, "Do you want to share this password with him?" I said, "Yeah," because it's easier than trying to explain it. You know. So it is easier, but then my question when it comes to that is, can you get at that password? Because I need to do that on my phone. Like somebody did that with me and they said, well, I'll just share it with you. I'm like, yeah, but that's fine. And that makes it easy. But I still need to enter in my password manager. And I'll tell you why. Because as a technologist, I have to eat my own dog food. And sometimes I do have to wipe that out. Like as as a test or if I'm having troubles, 
I have to reset my network settings and that wipes out all the Wi-Fi passwords that I had saved on my device. Oh, yeah. So I still need to be able to get back at them. So I have a whole section. Well, I mean, in one password, there's a whole category called Wi-Fi wireless routers and you store all those passwords in there. I need to be able to copy and paste those back. I don't want to sure. have to go through that process again. Or if the person who had shared it with me isn't available anymore because they're out of state, well, then I'm out of luck. So I still need to, to have access to the actual password and, and at least store it in my password manager. I just don't like the idea that it's like blindly sharing it. Yes, it's very convenient, but then I'm screwed if I have to clear it out. So I just I, – there was a way a long time ago where you could get at that, and I just forget off the top of my head where – where it is that you can get to that again. Like if you do, so say you did that with your son and your son wants to get at the password later on to put it in his password manager, where would he get it from besides you? Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So I just want an easy way to get at it. The convenience is great, but I still want to be able to back it up with some kind of actual login. And then this one, uh, uh, Melissa, with the uh, crowd that you work with might be a good thing. Automatic strong passwords and warnings about reused ones. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. iOS will prompt you to create a unique strong password within apps that can be saved to your iCloud keychain for easy access and autofill later on. This already works in Safari, but it, there are now ex- Apple's extending it to apps you might use on your iPhone. Additionally, 12 will flag passwords you've reused in multiple places. So you, I guess you're, you're trusting, well, you have the keychain that's supposed to be secure. Yeah. Yeah, it's Apple's way. I've ugh, again, it's one of those things where, from working with Apple for I looked at it, it's like close to thirty years now. I just always had such terrible experiences with Keychain over the years. I know it's getting better, and I should probably trust it a little bit more. But I'm just a stickler for using my own dedicated password mm-hmm. manager that I, I use. One I like password. To use. Yeah, I, I don't do use too. The keychain. I, d- I just. But I guess for the, the people who do use the Keychain, or people that only are very, yeah. very minimalistic, and yeah. just have maybe one for their email and one for their Facebook, and you know maybe one for something else, this is be good. This is good for them. Yeah, it will be because it will teach them better hygiene. Well, yeah, and it's better than reusing the same password of ABC one two three or whatever. Right, your, your dog's name or your phone right. number. <laughs> I know some uh, people use their phone number. It's just. Uh, and then the last few they had here, Siri can help find your password. Yeah, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Siri knows more about uh, knows about celebrity facts, motorsports, and food facts. So it's like, sure, food facts yeah. might. <laughs> the other two, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Uh, critical alerts. Well, they're doing that towards the health. I it says you can ask how much caffeine is in coffee. That would be helpful to know. Sure, sure. That's that's fine. Uh critical alerts that can bypass do not disturb because I know uh Melissa you were arguing mm-hmm. with do not disturb yep. a little bit. And this is critical mm-hmm. alerts like I I think you have to create a list um mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, uh, from a health care provider or, uh, let's say, for example, like when my mom was in the nursing home, uh, you could have that number uh, bypass and do not disturb, or your kids, whoever. So you can create a list of... Uh, well, there's so many people that just, uh, older people, they just, they don't see what, what it's doing or it's so tiny that they can't see it. They're they're activating Do Not Disturb by accident, and they don't even know that they have it on. So, oh. yeah, they're missing doctor appointments. Okay. And they're missing phone calls. I've seen it happen. And then the last one here on this list that, yeah, I don't know, for me, uh, for other people maybe more so, improved raw photo support. Um, 
you know, if you're, and I do like taking pictures, and but I've never gotten into the raw, so. Yeah, I haven't either, but I, I know a lot of people that are really, that right. will really enjoy that. While we're on passwords, though, one of the things they talked about was, um, just to skip ahead just a little bit to the Apple TV portion hmm. or the TV OS, did you guys see when they talked about that instead of single sign-on, there was going to be no sign-on? That's when I left the room because I don't have an Apple TV. Right. Okay, so I have an Apple TV, and I, I've talked about this before. This is no secret. You know, my family and I, between members and, and friends of the family, we share logins to different services. We kind of like, you know, share the wealth, sort of, so to speak. I guess we're a very socialist. I don't know. Uh, but, for example, you know, I might share our Hulu login with my dad, and he shares his Xfinity or something like that. So that's going to that's gonna create a problem for us because we use our cable provider for certain things, and we use uh, someone else's cable provider for others. Ah. I know I know that's a big no-no, but hey, it's still working until okay. it doesn't. So, you know what I mean? Hey, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should, but if you can, so you want to, so I do. Um, so, yeah, I'm wondering about that. I wonder if that's going to throw a monkey wrench in things for me. Yeah. Again, I, I would hope that I could turn it off and override it somehow. Yeah, I don't have an Apple TV, but I do have, you know, Roku. I got my NVIDIA Shield back there and the Fire TV. Yeah, and I know it's kind of... I have them all. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a Western Digital, I have a Roku, I have a Fire TV, and I yeah. have an Apple TV. I have two yeah. Apple TVs, yep. and I like the Apple TVs the best. I like the Fire for some things. The only thing really is that the newer version of the... or Well, no, it's not that newer version, but the version of the Fire you can... I like being able to... to sync my Bluetooth headsets to my TV devices. And you can do it on the fourth gen, but you cannot do it on the third gen. So I have a fire in the bedroom instead of the... I have both of them, but when we don't want to watch TV at night and like Nate wants to fall asleep to it, I tell him to put on his headphones. Right. So that was the nice thing about that. And uh, you know, and there, you, some of it, you have to enter the password, which is a pain, or go to the mm-hmm. site and enter the six-digit number. But oh, it is such a pain! I'm doing yeah, it all the time. Yeah. So and trying I don't to teach know. people how it works is just oh, it's yeah, it's insane. So, so yeah, for those people who just have one cable subscription and it's no sign-on, that is going to be really nice. And then they said something too, and it didn't apply to me, so I didn't pay a lot of attention. Uh, announced that they will uh, that Charter Spectrum cable subscribers will be able to replace their boxes with Apple TV. I would like something like that where huh. the cable and the you know the box, be it Apple or whoever, uh, so you wouldn't have to be switching you know HDMI inputs. And that's the way I'm reading it. That uh, you that's can- exactly what I do. I only have on, on our TV in the living room, I only have, well, aside from the Nintendo, so we have the Nintendo hooked up, so that's an HDMI 2, and HDMI 1 is just the Apple TV. That's it. No cable box. Nothing. Right. No DVR, no nothing. I just just use the Apple TV box. It's awesome. But, but you're going to get your cable through the Apple TV box, and that I would kind of like. Yeah, I, we already do. For but what about DVR? That's interesting, because I have Spectrum. Mm-hmm. See, okay. I just, we talked about this before, like, I, I understand your need for DVR and other people's need for DVR. I just don't have that need. I right. don't record anything. I just watch what I want to watch when it's on. I use the apps to watch it, and I just stream it. It means that maybe I can't watch it for a little while, like a week or something or a couple of days, but I don't watch it when it comes out anyway, so I don't really care. Um, you know, I don't have to fast forward through commercials or anything like that. I just I just stream it. I just go to the app. Well, 
And DVR I, is kind of my backup. So if the app mm-hmm. is being weird or I don't get around, because uh, some of these, you know, they only have the last five episodes on there. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, and right. I do kind of like the binge watching aspect of it. Uh, that I can just sit down and watch them, you know, a whole bunch at once. I don't have to wait the next week for it to come out. So, you know, the DVR has its place. I use it sometimes, but most of the time I just sit down and, you know, stream it if I can. Um, but Well, we- so I think you can still do DVR without the box, though, because, for example, um, there's apps. Like, for I, I don't know about Spectrum or, you know, the other cable companies, but I know, for example, Xfinity, you can control all of that stuff from the Xfinity app. No, you you can- can't do that with Spectrum. See, we keep asking for it. We keep yeah. asking for it. That's we keep asking for things like, I have the Spectrum app on my iPad. It's like, why can't I watch on my iPad what I recorded on my DVR in yes, my own t- house? You totally should be able to do that. And you they t- keep saying, well, we're working on it. If you've been working on it since you were Time Warner, yeah, they haven't done it yet. And I like to DVR because say something is on from um, 8 to 9 o'clock. Well, I'll start it at 8.20. Mm-hmm. And that way I can do something else. 8.20, we sit down and we go right through the whole show. It's over at 9 o'clock because we can just fast forward through all the ads. Right through the commercials, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. We just And it turns out to be if you start about 20 after, you, you're done by 9 o'clock. And, and it works out perfectly. And I'm trying to uh, – I'm looking at my DirecTV app here. Um, I can do a lot of stuff – and I think maybe my my problem is is maybe the internet perhaps, but I can I think I can watch DVR stuff on my phone, but yeah I wish I had you know the thing is uh, especially upstairs it would be nice so we don't have to keep switching from like the uh, like the Roku upstairs to the cable box it'd just be nice to have it all in one and so we can mm-hmm. either watch cable or uh, just go over to an app and watch whatever we want to watch there or whatever uh, it, like I say I just even if I had a cable pass through because uh, once upon a time I had a Google uh, TV box that's I think I threw that thing out a long time ago but I think that had the the pass through on it so you wouldn't have to keep switching HDMI ports which I have uh, Harmony remotes and they get a little weird sometimes yeah. there's a huge learning curve on those things yeah. I have one of those too. i've yeah. got three of them here and i still kind of have to tell it manually what the hell it should be doing so i it, it, it mixed feelings about it. but yeah if we just had it all in one so yeah you could just have oh i might watch this cable tv oh this show's streaming you know whatever i just i don't have to really well not for me so much as, as much as like my wife's that you know she doesn't have to figure out which button to push to get to the right thing. It's all just like there. Um, Yeah. And the remote, it's, I mean, the input button is, is my friend. I just go from input one, you know, HDMI one, HDMI two. And then I I told you before, we have a big ass old uh, antenna up on the roof. So there's been a couple of times where the internet has gone out. And so we have like 12 channels that we can play over the air and uh, you know, like PBS kids or something. And it's so funny because I've put it on for the kids, you know, they wanted to watch TV and they're like, mommy, pause it. I'm like, Nope. Can't, no can do. <laughs> no pausing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got one uh, over the air because this is the sticks. But, uh, okay, and then moving. Yeah, this is the desert. You're the sticks. I'm in the desert. So. Yeah, okay. Based, same thing. But, okay, and then moving on to WatchOS. Um, Walkie-talkie. Yeah, I'm going, oh, it could be interesting. I I, yeah, I want that. I want I want walkie-talkie. Well, I, do you, my, my Apple Watch just made it. They, they lopped off the Series Zero, the very okay. first Apple Watch, and mine's the next one after that. So I could still play. 
And I was wondering. I just wonder what the distance is, though. Well, it should work just fine because, you know, for distance, because I, I believe it's supposed to work. I mean, you might be right. Maybe there's a distance, but I don't think so because I think um, it works the same way that the messages feature works. Because my dad and I use that from 3,000 miles across. He gets frustrated with Siri and he starts swearing. I'm like, Dad, switch to the walk. I call it. I've already started calling it walkie talkie mode. And I have to remind him what it is because you know how there's two different microphones. There's the microphone that you use for dictation. And then there's the microphone right there in the text message box, the input yeah. box. Mm -hmm. And you just press it, you talk in it, and then you just swipe your finger up onto the arrow and it sends it. And then you can raise to listen. <clears throat> you can just bring it up to your ear when they send you a message back. So it's really just like walkie-talkie. You know, you just talk into it, you press it, you swipe it up, and the message goes. They send a message back to you, you stick it up to your ear, it plays it. There's really, you know, it's really simple like that. I believe it's going to use that same technology, but just on the Apple Watch. Because you can do all the other things on the Apple Watch, like you can make a cellular call, you can make a FaceTime audio call, and you can text on it. So that's really the only thing that was missing when it came to the Apple Watch communication features. And I wonder, would, that, would, that, would we be able to use that in like a group? Because I could bring our level of insanity to a whole We should try it, though. just experience experiment sometime i mean the, the issue is like we're across three different time zones sure. so that you know it wouldn't be live like i mean we're no. talking now we'd have to try it on a day that we record when we're all on the same subject at the same time sure the one thing then that, it expires that, in two minutes yeah the one thing oh. that they're introducing that i don't think is a good idea and i think we had talked about this in the chat is you no longer have to say hey lady to talk to your watch yeah raise and uh, that to, could be mm -hmm. a problem because uh, that mm -hmm. part of siri works really really well when i do See, you know hey lady yeah. you know what's the temperature who won the baseball game or something like that that works really well and i think there's a there might be a problem of like i think some i don't know if it was you or, or mike who said it what yeah, if mike it accidentally it. sends as a text right <laughs> a yeah. private conversation. <laughs> well, kind of like the problem that the Echo had, that, and I didn't quite read the whole article, but uh, supposedly this conversation was recorded by a family and then sent to somebody else. Well, yeah, you don't want something, even if it's accidental, you don't want something like that happening that... Uh, uh, or, you know, you're talking about somebody and it gets, you know, accidentally sent to that person. Uh, yeah, it, I don't see what the big deal is saying, hey, yeah. lady... Or blah, even blah, just blah. you can tap a button. I mean, I guess, again, I hope there's going to be granularity. I hope that if that becomes a problem, that it's going to be able to be switched off. Because, you know, there's people like us who, you know, sometimes know what we're doing, actually, <laughs> and, and actually pay attention to these little nuances like haptic feedback and stuff like that. You know, we're tuned into this kind of stuff. So... For someone like me, I would like to I would like to have that feature. I can see how it would be very extremely problematic for other people. I would like to to implement that, but I could see how I probably would use it and then I would probably find issues with it and turn it off and I would want to turn it off. Right. I still like the idea of being able to just hold in the button or say hey phone lady and have it come up. I think one it I think it's going to solve some problems and create other problems. Yeah. I think and so I think too. it's going to be up to the individual user to decide if it solves more problems than it creates. Because it could be solving one of the problems, which is that when you say, when you invoke the incantation, then your phone lights up 
and yeah. your computer lights up. You know, all these other devices are like, hey, 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 you know, talk to me. Like, no, I just wanted my watch. So if you only have to raise it to, to get at it, then you're not, you know, and plus you can do it on the down low and you don't have to say it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to, again, it's going to be an individual thing. Okay. And the other thing about the watch is it says that it's going to have improved workouts. Yep. That remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Let's we'll, see, we'll let's that see how see quickly it. my my crocheting gives me uh, you know another workout. So yeah, I, I said in the words, we could have a crochet off. <laughs> yeah, I mean the watch. You no, know, nothing. And the podcast app is coming to the watch, which I don't use it, so yeah. I don't care. Yeah, um, yeah we we're all kind of like, yeah, we've been there, done that. We've already got an app that that does kind of what we needed to do, yeah. and there's already right. other third party. I think there are other third parties who do use the podcast app you know, on their phones, this is good for them. Sure. Yeah. The rest of us kind of went meh. Um, yeah. So nothing really special for no. watch OS. Right. And like I say, yeah, improved, um, um, activity stuff. And it'll, uh, if you, and I haven't, I'm lazy. I haven't bothered to try and do a workout. And actually I don't do workouts. I just work. Um, but it would be <laughs> nice to have that recorded as, you know, an actual activity. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that. There's, there's times when I'm doing an activity, you know, I, I feel like I'm usually just so much of a sloth that when I do some kind of activity where I, I'm really, I'm feeling that it's raised my heart rate. I think like when I, like I said, I want, I want a puppy workout. Because there are times when I'm playing with the puppy, you know, we're playing fetch and we're playing tug of war and all this stuff. And one day I did decide to look at it. I looked at my heart rate and my heart rate did get elevated, you know, pretty high. And I was like, oh, this should be a workout. But what I mean, what would I call it? I don't know. Sure. Some kind of open ended something or other. But I just don't think about that kind of stuff. I think I'm I, I could totally side with you on Mike like that. It's like I'm just working. Yeah, I'm working right. out. I'm, 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 but I wish I could get credit for it somehow. Well, and it would be kind of nice if it just if you could just tell it to do it automatically. Say, hey, this looks like a workout because it's not like when even when I'm at work, it's not like I'm constantly doing stuff. Uh, I work and then maybe I'll take a break or I go to do something else. And so you know, it, it would be nice if to see you know my actual activity during the day. Um, mm-hmm. And have it recorded, and you know, because like I say, I'm always uh, Lisa's always sending me these workout stuff. Well, then you guys will probably get annoyed because oh, Mike did his 37th workout of the day, or you know, some <laughs> damn thing. But, Screw you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they have the hazing versions of the attaboy sure. things in there. Yeah, just so at case. least we, we'll, we'll just start using them on you because I don't like to use them on anybody else. Yeah, I'm just your whipping boy, <laughs> um, and you like it. <laughs> no comment. So you know, so there's there's some hope for that. So maybe sure. maybe we'll get credit for our workouts i'll get credit for playing with the puppy in the time coming up i the yoga excited me i thought that was interesting because i keep wanting to to get into yoga and i keep threatening myself that i'm gonna do it and maybe maybe i'll try that maybe i'll give that a try because that's uh, the only thing kind of exercise that really interests me right now i should do yoga for my body but i just yeah whatever uh and then let's uh, finish up with uh mac os mojave uh mojave. so it's going to be a desert now Okay, fine. Went from a mountain to a desert. Was it two mountains? Yosemite and then uh, High Sierra. Yeah, whatever. It, it's all California place names. That's their their shtick now. So, um, I there wasn't a lot in here actually. Dark mode. I'm excited about dark mode. Yeah. yeah. Group FaceTime was kind of cool, both on iOS and Mac, which okay. we, which we will need to try for recording one day. Yes, uh, and, and see how that works. Thirty two people. Huh. 
Okay. Well, I guess if you have, you know, for businesses, yeah, I could. To me, it seems like pandemonium, but um, okay, it's a or novel concept. Schools and classrooms, sure. that would be handy. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, there was that. And like I said, yeah, I know everyone kind of lost their collective crap over dark mode. And I guess I'm not doing what you guys do because I'm kind of like, okay. Fine. Well, I'm a night owl, so I use the computer at night a lot, and the oh. white background is just really blazing on your eyeballs at times. So well, yeah. I'm up late at night too, but I guess I guess I'm just weird. Not well, and I like my black now. frames on pictures. I, I really uh, like to see okay. a black background on pictures. Yeah. I, I don't it. like dark mode on anything. That's just my personal preference. Yeah, kind of me too. Um, then they had stacks, so I guess if you're working on your desktop and you have uh, I, I missed part of this because it's on my way home. But uh, so if you have uh, similar files on your desktop, it'll put it into a stack, and then you just click on the stack to find. I what cannot you're for. stand stuff on desktops. I just I hate it. I, I love my desktop to be completely blank. I so rarely, I could probably count on the on my hand how many times I've ever moved anything to the desktop. And yet I know people that that's where they live. And that's where they store everything. And those stacks, they're going to piss people off because I know people who just, they can't function unless their desktop is messy. And that's just how it is. I have to like, oh, I just have to turn my eye. I just have to hold my breath. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm going in. Yeah, I've got a <laughs> well, few. Well, I use it. I use it more as a reminder thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'll download something and I'll, it's like my mail. When people say inbox zero, no, no, no. If I put something in different folders, it's gone. But if I keep everything in my inbox, I see it every day. Yep. And that way I know, okay, this this is my plane reservation or this is something I have to do two weeks from tomorrow, whatever the case may be. Or and I flag it if it's important, like a plane reservation, hotel reservation, something like that I still flag. But I keep it in my inbox and I do the same thing. I might download something, keep it on my desktop because it's something I'm const- I'm working on currently. And right. if I put it in a different folder or I put it in a stack, I'll forget it's there. Yeah, I, I do that with my mail, but when it comes to my my files, they have to be in folders. I mean, I don't have a messy or, desktop like all over uh, my son on his work computer. It's like there is no back to around. It's all <laughs> different. Right. I said, how do you function? He goes, oh, I know what everything is. He's got all these different spreadsheets. And like, how do you do this? He goes, I know where everything is. Well, and, like and I know it's different now, but there used to be a time way back when, when if you stored things like lots of gigs of data on your desktop, even if it was oh. in a folder, it would slow everything down. Yes. I had I, somebody that I worked with that, that was doing lots of PowerPoints or lots of presentations, and they had it in a folder. And once I took that folder and moved it to the documents folder in a folder called power you know presentations or something then it just launched so much faster it's like you got you know back then the rule was you got to clean off your desktop you can't keep leaving stuff on here and then the issue that i kept running into like i when i supported staff when i supported you know other people they'd store all this stuff on their desktop and then they'd lose it because their cat would like walk across the, the keyboard or somebody <laughs> a kid was playing our like you know one time a lady was like doing paperwork and she had a bunch of her binders piled onto her keyboard and didn't realize that it was like renaming files as she was you know clicking on them because it was using key commands and shortcuts and you know she would just click on something didn't realize that the text was highlighted and then couldn't figure out why she couldn't find her files like oh because they got renamed (laughs) you know because they're on the desktop it's just for me 
I, it's just, you know, if you're a single user and you only support yourself, that's fine. But when you have to support like hundreds of other people and you see these, these problems replicating themselves and you see what the liability is, you just, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like I had, I, as soon as you could hide the hard drive, I hid the hard drive because I ran into so many people, not just one person, so many people that had accidentally renamed their hard drive and then things wouldn't map properly. So it just became a problem. So yeah, I don't, I don't like desktop things. I think that's fine that feature, but I think it's going to piss a lot of people off because they're yeah. just. I know people who nope. I know where everything is, and if you move it, I will lose it. It's like it's like going into a blind person's apartment and rearranging all their furniture on them. Don't touch the desktop. Just right. leave it be. They know where it is. They they know exactly where it because their muscle memory is trained, and that's or their eyeballs are trained. That's where they're going to look, and that's going to confuse people. And for me, I, so hard- I think that was called dynamic desktop, something like that. Uh, yeah. And for me, I hardly ever see my desktop because I always got windows open and I never close them. So every once in a while, it's like, holy crap, I got wallpaper there. Uh, so for mm-hmm. me, it's not that's that what big. the dynamic desktop was. It was going to change. Yeah. If you, that was a feature you could turn on, it would change from light to dark if you wanted it to. Mm-mm. And then a couple other things that were, and this was a kind of across iOS and Mac that was just kind of big meh to me because it, does, it doesn't interest me. For some people, it might. The stock and the news apps is kind of like, yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. I don't have any money, so the stock yeah. is exactly. I liked the markup in Quick Look. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I thought that like, was because yeah, I use Quick Look all the time. I did, So too. I think that will be good. I always wish for that. Every time I pop open, I'm like, "Why?" I just wish I could just circle something right there instead of having to open it and then go in and click the button. Like, I know, first world problems. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so I got excited when I saw that. I was like, yay! And like I said, that, I, I think I saw you guys comment, but I wasn't watching it at the time. So markup as in being able to draw or circle something, mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. Mar- not markup like the um, – the HTML not the text thing. Setting. No, no okay. right. drawing right. circles and okay. highlighting and stuff. Annotation. And then you, okay. Yeah, and then you can also uh, do screen recording within a screenshot. Yeah, I heard. I heard them. So, I was listening while they were doing that, and I'm going. I don't know that I'd be, ever use it, but it sounds. No, like cool. I don't think so either. But I thought it was pretty cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, a, I can definitely see things that I might not use personally, but I can see how they would really be cool for other people. Yeah. And then I think part of what I did see they were talking about in uh, the uh, Finder app that you were going to have. They were adding a new mode. uh, Gallery view. And I'm kind of going, okay, I guess for some people that's fine. It will be good for presentations. I suppose. I just thought overall the whole thing, like the whole entire keynote was just meh. Yeah. It was nothing, there was nothing in there. I mean, yes, I did say there were certain things I liked, but they weren't enough that if I had to upgrade my computer and upgrade my phone, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was nothing. It, to- you, know, there, you know, like it wasn't enough for me to go, okay, well, I am updating my themselves. phone to 10. It was, they it shot was themselves good. in the foot because they started out by saying, you know, we've made so many improvements that iOS 12 is going to run on an iPhone 5S, which is what my son has. So we got excited for that, you know, because I like the I like him to be able to keep up with the latest software and features and security and stuff like that. But when they started talking about, you know, they used the, the 6 Plus, I think, as their example that, hey, you know, we're, here's an older – I mean, the, the point was – we support older devices and it goes all the way back to the 5S, which is pretty old. You know, that's, they said 2013, that's how many years, you know? So 
and and the adoption rate and the fact that you know you can put the newer software on it. And I think what they really were trying to make a point was that hey, you can install this newer operating system on, and it's not going to slow your older device down. It's actually going to speed it up. And so, just like you said, there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, oh, well, now I don't feel like I need to upgrade my phone because I don't need it to be any faster because the new software is going to fix that for me. And plus, the Apple also knows that it's not like a lot of Windows computers where after two years, you need to buy a new computer. Mm-hmm. Right. Your computers live four, five, six, seven years. Yeah. We're still using 4Ss. I mean, they can still be repurposed for other things, even if it's not your main squeeze. There's the batteries, they still work. They still last. You know, the kids can play on them. We can still use them. They're still in use. And they have, you know, the 5S, like I said, is going to have the latest software. And how old is that phone? So, I mean, all I have to do is either put a battery pack on it or I'm not going to pay the $79 fee to replace the battery when I can spend $15 on on a battery case. You know, it's still a completely usable, workable phone. They just hold their value or they, they hold their usability a lot longer. Yeah. And the right. fact that they're going to extend the lifespan on them by tweaking the software so that it runs better, so that it runs at a better performance, even with an aging battery, I think that's I think that's a good thing. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's nothing to get. I mean, it's WWDC. It's, you know, like I said, they, they didn't make any. I mean, I didn't see any. There weren't any hardware announcements, and I mm. didn't expect there to be. A lot of people do, and then some people corrected me and said, yeah, there's been hardware announcements in the past yeah there have been some but overall wwdc has always been about software it's always been something exciting for us nerds and geeks that like to tweak the interface and like to install software and work with it that's what it's really you know at the heart of it that's what it's about i i just i don't get too excited about product announcements because it's all about software well, can there be? Sure. Will have there been some? Sure. Will there be some in the future? Sure. But it's not the time and place devoted for hardware uh, announcements. It's all about the software. So it's you know you can't really get all that excited about it. <laughs> no. Well, and you know we've reached the point in the show where normally we would have our product picks. Where uh, you know we set our fake money and we buy stuff. But I, it, this time we decided to do it a little bit differently. What from the WWDC would you pick, or what are you excited about, uh, Melissa? Why don't we start with you? Well, I'd have to I have to pick two things. I already told you I like I already told you I like them both, but I'm excited for walkie-talkie cuz I I can see my dad and I using that for fun. He doesn't have a watch, but we can use it from phone to watch or whatever. Um I can see me using that with the kids cuz I know it's lazy. It's like, "Oh, did you still want chips?" is what they said. But I just did that with my son this morning like, you know, I I called him from my watch from the bed to his bed and I called him basically like walkie-talkie style cuz we use FaceTime audio and I was like, "Are you awake? Are you ready? WWDC's coming on." And 20 minutes, you know, and, you know, so, I mean, we're excited about that. So walkie-talkie is the first thing. And the second thing, of course, is going to be the the screen time. I'm excited to dig into that and put it through its paces and and see what I can screw up in it. Right. <laughs> and, you know, the, the watch thing, I was at, I say, for me, it actually was handy today because I was able to work. I didn't have to pull out my phone all the time while we were texting you. I just dictated badly worded messages for you guys. So it's it's handy. But um, so, uh, Alisa, what uh, what was there uh, that you wanted that you liked? Well, like Melissa, it's screen time. I think it'll be yeah. interesting to see what my report is, what apps I use, how much I use them. Yeah, I, I would like to psychoanalyze be, my behavior. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be interesting. I think it would come up and say, might get a life. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Uh, the thing that I like, like say the uh, third, being able to use a uh, third-party password manager and have it uh, come up as a, a suggestion to type in for your password that excites me because I like I say I, I get tired of doing the dance all the time uh, and beyond that I don't know um, if there's anything else that you know intrigued me maybe you know maybe the FaceTime stuff maybe some of the Apple watch stuff the walkie-talkie thing yeah maybe uh, uh, might come in handy uh, and for me it'd be phone to watch because except for you guys I don't know anybody in real life around me here that has an Apple watch I'd want to talk to but it could be nice on the phone or something like that so um, but you know okay so this will kind of wrap up our uh, our coverage of the WWDC boy we sound like a news organization or something here. <laughs> uh, oh we're a bunch of geeks talking about it so you know people go. might want to know what we have to say like about 30 other thousand online but you know anybody that wants yeah. to listen to us and get our perspective that'd be fine um, but uh, a little bit more normal people that live in this stuff normal yeah we have to know so typical we, we have to explain it to them uh, god mm-hmm. help us um but uh yeah if you want to know more about the show head over to geekyshow.com reviews on and comments on itunes are welcome um and we thank everyone who does that we hope you've enjoyed the show uh as much as uh we have doing it and uh between now and next week don't forget to hug a geek this is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better writers? Well, that goes without saying no. I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an Apple-related show, so why not How Do You Like Those Apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an Apple show should be about? All right, how about Get Your Apples Here, An Apple A Day, Chatty Apple, Happy Pie... Oh, oh, just Apple. No, we essentially need something that is more Apple-related. Monkey tennis! Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially Apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing Apple-related things. You knuckleheads, just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis.